All right, let's turn to 1 Samuel 16. 1 Samuel 16, we're still talking about that first time that, that David kind of comes on the scene. It's not until 1 Samuel 17 where, where we kind of feel like, in the grand scheme of things, uh, kind of what, what David is known for coming on the scene to, to kill Goliath. Um, before, before there was a military need, it's a funny thought, huh? Before there was a military need, there was a musical need. And, <laughs> and David showed up for that. Before he showed up in 17 for a military need, he showed up in 16 for a musical need. Which is pretty interesting. 1 Samuel 16. We, we talked about uh, um, the, uh, uh, the, the, the three ideas that uh, Saul had need. So there was, there was a request for a gifted musician. There were reports of a godly musician. And then there was the results of godly music. So uh, uh, we, we already looked at part one. And I don't think I'm going to get through the rest of it tonight still. Um, and so we'll have part two and, and then part three eventually. So, um, so to, uh, last time we, we looked at that request for a gifted musician. So uh, let's, let's look at this. We'll read this through and we'll kind of, uh, uh, we'll, we'll give that first part and then um, we'll get into tonight's. But 1 Samuel uh, 16 verse 14. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul... And an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. So we see that appearing once there. And then and Saul's servants said unto him, we found it interesting that the servants identified where the problem was coming from. The servants said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Let now our Lord command thy servants which are before thee to seek out a man who is a cunning player on an harp, it shall come to pass from the evil spirit from God. So the servants bring it up again. Uh, and the Bible mentions it for a third time where this uh, trouble was coming from. Uh, is upon thee that he shall play with his hand and thou shalt be well. And Saul said unto his servants, provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. Then answered one of the servants and said, behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite that is cunning in playing, and a mighty man, a mighty valiant man, and a man of war, and prudent in manners, matters, and a comely person, and the Lord is with him. Wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, Send me David thy son, which is with the sheep. And Jesse took an ass laden with bread, and a bottle of wine and a kid, and sent them by David his son unto Saul. And David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer. And Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me, for he hath found favor in my sight. And it came to pass, when the evil spirit was upon, uh, uh, from God, again, another time there, was upon Saul, that David took an harp and played with his hand, so Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. So we've been looking at, this is amazing, that the music played and the evil spirit departed. What, what kind of music drives evil 
spirits away. So again, we, we, we looked at uh, the request for a gifted musician that last time. So just uh, a few thoughts from there. So the, 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 uh, Saul said, provide me a man that can play well. David, uh, Saul was experiencing great trouble. He was in awful agony. And he had been rebellious and arrogant. We remember that Samuel explained to him that his rebellion was as the sin of witchcraft. He said, well, at least, you know, uh, I'm a rebel, but, but what? God says it's like the sin of witchcraft. It's a big deal to God just because you downplay rebellion in your life. Uh, it's not the matter of how we look at it, but how God looks at it. 1 Samuel 15, 23, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Boy, young person or even older person, uh, you, you, uh, you know what you should be doing and you don't like it, I'm not going to do it. I'm that stubbornness. God says it's like iniquity and idolatry. And yeah, I'm stubborn. I just don't like. You need to away with what you like. Live for what he likes. And I'm telling you, God says it's like iniquity and idolatry. It's a big deal to God. Boy, that, that person who is oft reproved and hardened of his neck, destruction comes to that person. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. So Saul was rejected because he was too big in his own mind to listen to his authority. I don't see it as rebellion. I view it differently. Well, how we view things doesn't really matter. How does God see it? The servants knew where the trouble was coming from, from God himself. The solution, when there's trouble in your life, because you're disobedient, there's one solution. Not bring me comforting sounds. Bring me entertainment. Bring me fun movies. Bring me trips to amusement parks. Bring me, bring me. No, you get on your knees and say, God, I sinned against you. Please forgive me. It's not rocket science. But there's so many, that, that rebellious heart, that stubborn heart. I'm, I'm going to look for every other oh, uh, avenue out there except for the one that truly works. Oh God, forgive me. I've been hard-hearted and rebellious. To listen to the man of God, Samuel, instead of doing what he felt like. But the servants suggested music to soothe away his troubles. When we're troubled due to sin, there's one solution, get right with God. And the the devil will swoop in with other remedies, so-called. Boy, the smoker can, uh, it it might take a little while to get victory over that. So I I, I have these jitters. There's a couple ways to get rid of the jitters, is to go through the long process of, of getting away from that withdrawal. Or puff another cigarette. The one takes care of the jitters more quickly but it's not a solution, is it? The devil guy has immediate ways. Oh, there's an anxiousness. Oh, does it bother you that you're going to stand before God someday? I have a thousand ways to make you forget that. Are you anxious about that moment? I've got many ways to drown that in forgetfulness. 
And you can forget that even is a truth. That's a thought. So quickly. Ah, but it's not a solution, is it? Sin brings death. James 1, 14 through 15, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when uh, lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. We also noticed last time how fun it was that, that David was noticed. Isn't that something? Uh, so in, in chapter 17, uh, David isn't called for. David is sent. Dad says, hey, take these, these cheeses and go see how your brothers are doing. And he, the, he shows up on the scene. And he gets to be the hero in, in 1 Samuel. But, but, but here, uh, they're, they're, they, we, we, have, we have a need. The king can't function. He's going through an awful time. Oh, if, is there somebody that can help? We need music. And, and finally, uh, somebody said, one of the servants, one of them says, I have seen one of the sons of Jesse. And he, and he lists seven things, and we'll look at those tonight. Seven things about this son of Jesse that makes him just the man to call upon. He was noticed, wasn't he? What a fun thought. And by the way, uh, the, the, this person that was going to bring in this music, we pointed out, he's going to be influential. Music is influential. So be careful about the music you bring into your life. Be careful about the people that are attached to that music that you bring into your life. They're more influential than you realize. You're being influenced in ways you can't imagine. I haven't been the senior pastor here all that long, but I've been working with music for many years. The wrong music will inflame a rebellion inside of you. It will tell you your parents don't have the right to direct your lives and that this world is your friend. And there's nothing to fear from this world, even though the Bible very clearly states otherwise. And once you decide that, oh, the world's not so bad, it's more friendly, boy, dress standards, uh, respect for authority, morality all seem to, the importance of those things all seem to drift away. In Exodus 32, uh, the Israelites at the bottom of Mount Sinai, they had that wrong music, didn't they? Joshua's coming down and Moses, and, and Joshua says, well, I, I hear, I hear, it sounds like, sounds like war, and Moses, no, you, what you hear, it was the, before they saw there was a problem, they heard there was a problem. On the way down the mountain, the first indicator that Moses and Joshua had that there was gross sin at the base of Sinai was the wrong music. The young people that, that fight so hard with, with dress standards, even in the school, they're almost, and I say almost in quotes, but I, I would say even more than almost always, the same young people that are probably sneaking the world's music. How fun it was, though, to notice that David was noticed by God. He was diligently doing right, and God noticed him. And when God notices, he makes sure that the right people in life notice you as well. We think of Joseph in the Old Testament. We mentioned this as well. 
that Joseph is in jail wondering, ah, this following God, does it really pay off? <laughs> and you know he's human. You know he had those thoughts, but he lived as though God was still on the throne. From a jail cell. Can you live like God is still on the throne from jail? He did. And God noticed him. And remember, the Bible says that when you're humble, God exalts the humble in due time. Right? That's in 1 Peter 5, 6. In due time, he exalts the humble. There was Joseph. Somebody could have told him, listen, Joseph, look at you. Give up on this God. You're in jail for Pete's sake. He's failed you. No, I'm going to live like God's on the throne. I'm going to keep living like God's on the throne. And true to his word, God exalted him in due time. And even there in the jail, God was giving him favor with the jailer. God never loses control. And God always pays attention. Here was David, a shepherd boy, living a God-honoring life. And someone in Saul's court noticed him. Wow! No pulling strings, no conniving, no manipulating. Just remember that the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Proverbs 15, 3. And living like those eyes matter. And I'm telling you, if you'll live like those eyes matter, God will bless you. Why is my life miserable? I think he's lost control. Are you living like those eyes matter? Well, if, if he would do more for me, maybe I would live like those eyes matter. Maybe if you would appreciate all he does already, every breath he gives you throughout the day. And maybe if you would live like those, eye, those eyes matter, all oh, life would fall together so much better. So there was a, a request for a gifted musician. And so tonight, we want to look at there were reports of a godly musician. I know just the guy. Not only is he cunning and skilled in music, but the Lord is with him as well. There were seven things that they told about him, and then next time we'll, we'll finish this off with the results of godly music. So we want to look at these reports what did this man have to say about David? And it's, it, and it's not a bad idea for us to say, listen, music in my life is highly influential. I need to be careful who is allowed in my life in the form of their music. All right, so here's, here's, a, here's part of a list here. Uh, we want to bring in this musician. Well, let me tell you about, I know just the guy. All right, so we get here. There were reports of a godly musician. Uh, we see this here, uh, there, um, uh, verse 18. So 1 Samuel 16, 18. Uh, then answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse the Bethlehemite that is cunning and playing and a mighty valiant man and a man of war and prudent in matters and a comely person, and the Lord is with him. So verse 18 there. Let's, let's look at these different things here about David. I'll give you various S's. 
I'll give you various S's for you to, to listen for. As, as we listen to this, this we want to bring in a, there, there's, there's a military need that we'll see in chapter 17, but for now, there's a musical need. There's problems in the king's life. And they're troubling him to the point where he just can't do his job. He's miserable. We need someone to come in and help him. So David was going to be just that person. Let's pray. And we'll look at these things. Lord, we, we love you. Thank you for your goodness. I pray that you be with the, this look into your word tonight. Uh, thank you, Lord, for your precious word. Uh, Lord, I pray you teach us and help us. And may we learn from this example of David. Uh, Lord, and then remember that when we do right, Lord, you notice. Help us to live for the eyes. Uh, those, those eyes that are in every place beholding the evil and the good and live like what those, see, what those eyes see really matters. We ask these things in Christ's name, amen. So first, uh, he said, there's, there's a son of Jesse. And the first thing he said, he's cunning in playing. He's cunning in playing. So we'll say he was skilled. He was skilled. Disciplined. In practice, uh, sharp, prepared. So tonight, what a blessing that the choir sang with the orchestra. What a blessing that required some practice. That required coming in early on a Sunday afternoon for practice. And then the orchestra played a song on their own that required practice. Uh, the, the ladies' chorus came up here and they sang that required practice. Uh, service for God is way more enjoyable when it's prepared service. Poor service is often the result of poor preparation. What, what do they say? Boy, you, often you get out of something what you put into it in the first place. Have you noticed how hard the world works for their, their musical performances? I mean, they will work so hard to make sure their performances, the, the rock performances, the, the, I mean, I mean the, the, you're like, how expensive is that light? How expensive, uh, how much work went into, I mean, massive amounts of work to entertain this world and to please the God of this world. Boy, it, it seems important that we would put effort into pleasing the real God. Boy, but a lot of times it's last-minute preparation, slovenly service. Well, God just wants a joyful noise. I can show up and holler and paint a smile on my face. But the truth is it's not all that joyful when it doesn't mean very much to you. And it really doesn't seem to have mattered much to you if you didn't put much effort into it. The Bible doesn't say that God just wants a joyful noise, does it? He does say that, but there in Psalm 33, verse 3, it says, Sing unto him a new song, play skillfully. Play skillfully. Again, young ladies, young men, when you do that music practice, it's not just a, well, my parents told me I had to sit down and, no, no, that's, that's part of worship. Lord, I'm doing this in preparation to be able to use these things for your honor and glory. God does like us for, to, to sing out and, 
And again, I, I think young people, uh, uh, parents, make sure your, your kids aren't just yelling out the songs. Uh, teach them how, how, how to have a joyful noise, but to, but to sing, not to yell. Uh, we, we don't want to be ah, just yelling and, and not being a blessing to the person next to us. Learn how to sing. Yes, sing out. That's a blessing. Um, boy, David, he was, in, he was diligent and industrious. Uh, when? When did he learn these things? He was out taking, I think it was, a lot of it must have been during his leisure time. He'd be, he'd be looking, and, and when, that, when that time maybe came, when the sheep were okay, they, could, they can graze for a little while, maybe right now as they're safe over there, I can do some practicing, I can do some meditating on the things of God. I am their shepherd, but he is mine. I can meditate on that and, and praise him musically and practice uh, I think there was a, a diligence and an industriousness that he used his leisure time for those things. How are we using our leisure time to invest in future service? Um, so I think it's interesting uh, in verse 20. Now, this is interesting, and, and I, I, I kind of see a picture here. Uh, Jesse took an ass laden with bread and a bottle of wine and a kid and sent them by David, his son, unto Saul. I think there's an interesting picture here. Um, Jesse is sending David with gifts. He's sending him into service with gifts. And in a sense, I think you can say he gifted his son for service. He gifted his son for service. He's sending his son into service with gifts. And it's kind of a fun thought because we remember that God built us to serve. He's our heavenly ser- he's our heavenly father and he sends us into service with gifts from him that we can use to serve others. Uh, David wasn't showing up empty-handed. Uh, and we think of 1 Peter 4:10 as every man hath received the gift even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So the king said, hey, could, could, could your son come and serve? And dad said, I, I can send him. But not only will I send him, but I'll send him with gifts. Gifts that he could carry and gifts that dad had built into him when he taught him diligence and gave him responsibility and and gave him that, uh, uh, taught him how to look after sheep and use his time well. He gifted his son so he'd be ready for service. As he went, he carried gifts with him. You and I have gifts from our heavenly father that he wants us to carry with us into service to serve him. 1 Corinthians 4, 7, For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hadst not received it? God builds strengths. God builds gifts into us. Now imagine, so dad, what what did the Bible say there? So Jesse, um, and sent them by David, his son, unto Saul. I'm giving these to you to pass along to someone else. And that's why God gifted you. Not to spend your gifts on yourself. God gives us gifts to spend on someone else, to give 
to someone else. I think that's a, a beautiful thought. Now, okay, so here it is. Jesse took an ass laden with bread and a bottle of wine and a kid. What if David would have said, well, Saul doesn't know about these things. I'll just keep them for myself. I'll enjoy this grape juice. I'll eat this bread. I'll take this kid and save him for later and have a meal for myself. He doesn't. You say, well, that would be theft. That wasn't for Jesse gave him those things for the king. That would be theft. If he used those gifts on himself, that would be theft. Well, I'm glad you have such passion. Do you think that when God gifts you and says, I want to use that for my glory to help somebody, and you never do? Do you see that as a form of theft? And then human fathers. We have a responsibility to guide our young people, uh, teach them things, put things in their hands that they can use uh, for the service of God. Dads, teach your kids how to serve with the gifts that God has built into them. Do all you can to develop the giftings from God in your children and aim them at service to the king. Sure, teach your girls maybe how to play some Bach and some Beethoven on the piano, but not at the expense of learning how to play the precious hymns of the faith. Service for God is the ultimate goal. Not look what I can do, but look at him because of the gift he gave me wherewith I can glorify him. So he was skilled. He was cunning in playing. Secondly, he was a mighty man. So these next three, he was a mighty man, a a valiant man, a man of war. We see that he was strong and solid and soldierly. Uh, So there are some S's there for you. So he was a mighty man. A man that can stand for something. Uh, So it's good. Here was this young man. Listen, here's a young man that can stand for something. He doesn't just float along whatever's going on. Right? Uh, Can you send your children into a situation and have you taught them to stand for something? David was one that could stand It shouldn't be that a young man is manly or musical. (laughs) You catch that? It shouldn't be that our young men are manly or musical. David was manly and musical. He was a hard worker. Boy, if you're a young man here and you're musical, uh, uh, be musical. Praise the Lord. Use it for God, but but be there at work party. You say, well, I'm a musician. I can't come to work party, you know, and hopefully you wouldn't say I might break a nail. That would be too much. That would be too much. But young men, a lot of times we show up on, at, at, at work party and it's the older guys that are doing all the work. And the young men, I'm off making money or I, I, it, tonight's my birthday party. I'm glad you're having a birthday party. But show up. Show up. And I know uh, uh, the, the, the young men, you have your teen, uh, teen Tuesdays on Tuesday nights uh, to work. 
And, 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 and you know, there'll be, I, yes, go, go enjoy some things from time to time, but have a spirit that says, I'm going to be at work party if I possibly can be there. Here was David. Here was a young man that uh, was, a, a, again, a mighty man. You, you need someone to play music for you? Uh, he, he's cunning, he's skilled, and he's a mighty man. He's a man that can stand for something. There's some strength there. God wants to bless a spirit that says, listen, if there's work to be done, I, I want to show up and be a part of it. Especially if it has, if my brothers in Christ are here working, young ladies, a ladies' work party. Oh, but I, oh, I, I know there's all those 10,000 things you need to be busy about. God won't bless that spirit. God won't bless that spirit. Show up, God notices. God notices. He was a mighty man. Next, he was a valiant man. Um, uh, we, we'll see in a little bit later, he became his armor bearer. <laughs> so, so it's like, hey, let's bring in this guy that plays the harp. And it's like, you're really good at playing the harp. Why don't you be my armor bearer as well? No, it wasn't his, like, you're really good with those strings. No, there was something else about him. And we'll look at some of that with, with the next one. But uh, a, a valiant man. A, 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 a somebody, uh, and again, he, he, he could serve. There must have been something about him when he came into the, to the court. There were some things that, that, that caught the king's attention. And, then, and after a while, he says he became his armor bearer. Uh, th- there were some items that took place in between him coming in to play the harp and him becoming the armor bearer. We'll look at that next time a little bit more. Um, but I, I, I tell you, I'm, I'm excited um, about praising the Lord forever and ever in heaven. But I'm glad it's not like the cartoons. Everyone sitting on a harp, and uh, I'm sorry, sitting on a cloud and strumming their harp. <laughs> I'm so glad that the Bible says that I'll be able to serve God. And by the way, if serving God horrifies you, ask, Lord, Lord, please change my heart. Because heaven... It's going to be an eternity of serving God. And I'm excited. I want something to do for the Lord. And I love this passage here. Revelation 21 verses 1 through 3. Oh, he showed me a pure river of water of life as clear as crystal. Proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb in the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations and there shall be no more curse but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it and his servants shall serve him. And his servants shall serve him. Boy, again, here was, the king has need. Will you go, yes, I, I, I have the heart of a servant. I want to go and be of service. Well, the king has needs. Do you have a heart? Yes. I want to serve. Get used to it. Fall in love with the idea because forever and ever his servants shall serve him. A mighty man, a, a valiant man, 
and a man of war even. <laughs> He's a man of war. It's the next chapter when he kills Goliath. How did the servant know he was a man of war? Well, there's some ideas here. Um, uh, had word gotten round that David takes his job seriously? Uh, and a lot of times, uh, young people, it's, ah, I'll do uh, as much as I have to do. But apparently David was such that, no, this job matters. And I'm going to do it well. And we know, uh, 1 Samuel 17, 34, he's explaining to Saul in the next chapter that, well, one time a, a lion came. And I had to fight off that lion and, and take care of the sheep. And, and, and a bear came, and I had to fight off that bear. He took a, I, I took my job seriously. And I don't think it was the first time anyone was finding out about this. Word, it seems, had spread. Here's a young man that takes his job seriously. It matters to him. How else would this man say, oh, he's a man of war? Pre-1 Samuel 17 and Goliath. Here was a young man that said, listen, I have responsibilities and they matter. It's interesting also in, in 1 Samuel 23, 1, it talks about Philistine uh, and, and, and there, there, were, uh, there were raiders. Uh, there were uh, foreign enemies that would come in and plunder. And you wonder if, if any of those raiders had ever gotten close to David's sheep and, and caught a, a stone flying their direction. Like, oh! You know, somebody, you know, somebody gets taken out or whatever. You're like, okay, not that way. Let's go, let's go this way instead. There's, there's somebody over there that is way too serious about taking care of their sheep. I don't know, but we do know that this servant said he was a man of war. There are certain things that he's not going to tolerate. You know, the Bible says, let no man despise thy youth. There in 1 Timothy 4.12. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. I don't know. We, we don't need young men saying, the Bible says, let no man despise thy youth. So I don't let people be upset with my youthful arrogance because that's how biblical I am. That's not what it's talking about. Be an example of these areas. Timothy was to be an example to the believers. But the Bible is teaching that we are never too young to stand up for what is right and to live like it really matters. David would show this in the next chapter, wouldn't he? His big brother, Eliab, would accuse him of just being a, a, a mouthy young man. Uh, there was Goliath, and he's like, listen, somebody ought to do something about that. Oh, what, that, that guy is just allowed to be down there uh, uh, saying those awful things. Somebody should do something about that. Oh, be quiet. Oh, be quiet. But David showed that he wasn't just a young man that could speak up. He was one that could show up. If nobody else is going down there, I will. You're never too young to say, listen, God matters. And I will not live a life that says otherwise. 
He was a man of war. Next, he was prudent in matters. Uh, he was sensible. Uh, there was a, a wisdom about him. He was sound in his speech. And, and maybe even man of war, maybe he had a, a gift for strategy. Maybe they would have discussions and, and David, he could, he, could, he could give them ideas and wow, this guy has some sense to him. That would make sense if eventually he says, listen, I want you to be my, my armor bearer. He was prudent in matters. He had a mouth that was under control. And boy, that's a precious commodity nowadays. In this world that says, hey, run your mouth. Say whatever uh, makes sense to you. No, a, a mouth that was under control. Listen, David was noticed for some things. And one of them was a mouth that was under control. He had wisdom uh, regarding what were tactful things to say. And of course, this would have, this would have been important there being next to the king with, with matters of state. David has a lot to say about using the tongue well. Uh, there in Psalm 71, verse 8, Let thy mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. Psalm, 140, uh, Psalm 141, verse 3, Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. It's not a bad prayer, young person, old person alike. Lord, today, would you help me be on guard? Remember the Bible tells us life and death are in the power of the tongue. God's words mean something. And when I'm an ambassador of his, my words should mean something as well. I don't just open this up and let whatever I want to fly. I'm sound in my speech. Before David even showed up, this servant said he was prudent in matters. How did he know? I don't know. It's almost like the Bible's true when it says even a child is known by his doings. Boy, live that life that honors God. Live that life that pleases those eyes that are in every place. He'll notice. Others will notice as well. Don't be that person that says, I'm a man. I say what I want. Or a, a, a lady who runs her mouth well, I appreciate my wife. She's careful with what she says. I want my son, my daughters, to be careful about what they say. I want my church family to be careful how they use their mouths. Remember, David was just serving a human king. And actually, he wasn't even serving a human king, yet he was known as a young man that was prudent in matters. And then we, we know that that was true when he served that human king. But you and I, we serve the king of kings. How much more important is it for us not to be a gossip, right? Not to be a gossip. <laughs> so, uh, uh, somebody was, two people were like, uh, hey, you, you don't gossip, do you? The other person said, uh, no, but you know who does. 
Not a gossip. Not dishonest. Not dirty in any way. Using this mouth in ways that would please him. The Bible also says he was comely. Comely. He was striking in his appearance. There was something attractive about him. A beauty of form and spirit. There was a magnetism about him. Uh, strong in figure and form. Not a couch potato. <laughs> uh, not waddling from place to place. God had blessed him with a, a good body. But in addition, he had exercised that body in service to the Lord. He carried himself in a comely way. Uh, uh, you know, so, so, some people you say, well, that person must have been military. Look at the way they carry themselves. And like, oh, no, I was never in the military. Wow, there's just a disciplined way you carry yourself. And uh, here, all these things about David, there was a comeliness, an attractiveness, uh, a purpose. Uh, listen, I'm a child of the king, and I want to look like it. Now, David didn't have video games back in those days. He didn't have movies. But if, but if video games and movies were back then with him, or if David were up here with us, what do you suppose his relationship would have been with video games and, and movies? He was calmly. And the last one here, and the Lord is with him. He's spiritual. Not only a man that can stand for something, but someone that does stand for something. We mentioned that verse already, didn't we? Proverbs 20, verse 11. Even a child is known by his doings, whether his work be pure and whether it be right. David was known for these things. Even a child is known by his doings. So, uh, young person here tonight, if uh, there was a task that needed done, and they said, well, let's throw some names out there. Let's assess the readiness for some of the young people in this church to perform that task. Let's make a list of where these... Well, it sounds like a gossip session. Ah, you know, there's a... If a child is known by their doings. If there was a list made of your life, listen, there's a task that needs done. If a list was made, what would be on that list for your life? Oh, well, he thinks very highly of himself. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, that's not good. She is addicted to her social media uh, and the worldly music is more concerned with those things than what God wants. Boy, uh, she, there's a lot of talent there. There's a lot of uh, giftings that God has placed there, but her focus is on the wrong things. Or, boy, that young man, he's humble and hardworking. And if there's one thing I know about him, he wants more than anything for God to use him. Or, you know, there in 
1 Peter 3 where it talks about the, the adornment that God wants for a lady, that meek and quiet spirit. She's interested in that. Remember that passage that, that talked about Martha serving and Mary spending that time on her knees? She's one that, that studies. Lord, help me. Help me to have that perfect blend of time on my knees, uh, at your feet, in worship. But that balance of serving. Lord, teach me what that means to worship and to serve. What would be on your list? So we see with uh, David here, then answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite. He's cunning and playing at a mighty valiant man and a man of war and prudent in matters and a comely person and the Lord is with him. What would the list of our lives look like? Again, living like those eyes matter. Actually, no matter the age, right? Older person, no matter the age. Living like God matters. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for uh, your